Thank you. Um, so uh, Tipa's going to explain at the beginning of this video why she did what she did. She took so many of the dementia scales out there, or these are people's deficits. This is what they can't do. Bad, bad, bad. She took a positive scale. It's an occupational therapy scale. And again, Tipa was my professor in OT school. We're all OTs. Um, I can't believe that she was my teacher. Um, so it's really cool to me that she's do done this. But Alan is a very um, OT scale that shows what someone measures at on a, the, a scale in dementia. There's seven different categories, but she turns them into gems because she is a very positive person and she's very caring. Um, I think I told you this before. Her name is actually Tina Snow. She was a pediatric therapist and one of her patients couldn't say Tina, called her Tipa, and she changed her name. <laughs> she's a very um, emotional, caring kind of person. So she is amazing and um, I love her. So anyway, um, I think we'll just show this video. George, do you? She absolutely <laughs> must have loved it and just thought, this is actually who I am. I am Tipa, I am yes. not Tina. And so um, she's amazing. But um, I guess we'll watch this first and then we'll go over quickly a little gem stuff. Can we increase the volume on the TV or not? Is this the volume? Well, it's not, it's not going through the TV for some reason. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's not going? I think it's just on here. Oh, well, that's not good. Now, We've got to get it there. Doesn't HDMI do sound? Yep. Yep. Sure. <coughs> I may have it too loud now. <laughs> You'll be like, Are you kidding? I if he wasn't doing this, there's no way we'd be doing any of this. Yeah. Um. This acts like it's gonna be on there. Well, I don't know what how to fix it. Actually, you want to say something? Shoot. No, I want I want to start the video because we don't have a lot of time. Well, that's why I texted you. George, come on! No, I'm just kidding. No, he's, he's. There's no way I could do this if, if he didn't help me. There we go. I think I'll do it. And do you need? It looks like it's up. Talk about his loss. Okay, pull cool. back it up a smidge. Worse, and it's going to get harder. Back it and up. And things are going. Disease change over time. Now, unfortunately. You want to go to the very beginning? Yes, because she starts right away. It's only 12 minutes, so it's the quickest one I could find. Talk about progression. How does this disease change over time? Now, unfortunately, typically what people talk about is loss. Oh, it's worse, it's worse, it's worse. And it's going to get harder. And things are going to get worse. But if that's all you're thinking about, you're missing opportunities. It's not just about the loss. It's always about what do they have left. And so I took the scales that were out there and looked at them, and frankly, they're pretty depressing. They, they, they emphasize too much, uh-oh, what's going to happen next? And it's not a good thing. So what I decided is let's stop talking about people as though they were less. And let's start looking at people as though they still have something. 
My job as a care partner is to figure out how to provide the right support and the right care so they can shine. Quit thinking about them as numbers. Is this a stage one, two, or three, or a, a level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? And instead, how about if we looked at how are they precious? How are they unique? What do they have that I can still use to help them live life? Because life happens, and we're both going to live it, so how's it going to be? So I thought, how about gems? How about if we thought about people as precious and unique? There's not a single gem that I know of that people don't find attractive and interesting. And if I could get you to think about people as having something positive, something good, and I got you to see them that way and, and understand them that way, then you may be more interested in providing the right setting and the right care so they can shine. And so what I did is I took a scale that's out there, Allen Cognitive Levels, Cognitive Disabilities. It's something used in occupational therapy. And I took that and I built off of that. And what we have are gems, six of them, six levels. Sapphires and diamonds and emeralds and ambers and rubies and pearls. All of those are amazing gems, but they're all different. They're all unique. They all have characteristics. Now, the way I organize this is sapphire. Notice how it's on the other hand. It's a little special. It's a brain that's true blue. It's a brain that's not experiencing the changes that come with things like dementia. Instead, this is a brain that's flexible. It's organized. It's able to work with all these other gems. And when you're a care provider, it's really important to be a partner who is flexible and not really struggling on your own. But the reality is you're probably gonna experience some moments that aren't Sapphire-like. When that happens, take a break because you do wanna be a Sapphire to care for the gems. Now, let's talk about the gems. Diamonds, emeralds, ambers, rubies, and pearls. Diamonds. Clear, sharp, but rigid. Have lots of facets to them, but inflexible. Not liking change, but absolutely able to shine. But diamonds can also cut you. They can hurt you because they still are who they were, but they're different. They're clear and they're sharp. So you may not even believe or think that this is real, that they have the dementia, because they, they know what they're doing, that she's just being stubborn. Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes things like zirconians can trick you. Um, they look like the real deal and they're not. But if you see somebody who's acting like a diamond, if you experience diamond behavior, create the right setting and the right care, things get better. If you don't recognize it, you can get cut. So when someone is in a diamond state, what we're talking about is rigid, inflexible. I'm very good with habit and routine, the things I've always done. I'm not so good with new stuff. I don't like change, and I don't like people telling me what to do if they never told me what to do. If you were always an authority figure, we're probably in good shape. I, I may follow you around more and shadow you, but I won't argue with you. But if you've never been the boss of me, this is gonna get to be a real problem. Emeralds, things are changing. And unlike the diamond, it's not clear and sharp anymore. There's a color, you've noticed. This is usually about the time most people get identified as having something going on. This is emerald green go. In a stoplight sequence, the green light is go. These people are going, but they aren't always sure where. Their words are not always clear and sharp like they used to be. Their direction and the time frame 
it's not always where they think they are and where you thought they were. Emeralds are always flawed, but the emerald doesn't know that. They think they're fine. Everything's fine. So if they have a problem, you're it. <laughs> or if there is a flaw, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so this is where we start to notice changes in my ability to do things. Um, I'm making mistakes. I'm skipping steps. I'm getting lost in a day. I get lost in my life. I, I think you're a different person than you are. I think I'm in a different place than I'm in. I start a task and then I go do another task having not finished that. I get turned around <coughs> easily. I have a flaw. But if you match up and you don't point out my flaw, it goes a lot better. So with emeralds, things are changing for both of you. And I'm no longer clear and sharp. I am struggling. And I may not know that. Guess who will be struggling? You, if you're not careful, because you want what we had before, and you aren't going to be able to have that. Now let's talk about the next gem. Ooh. Oh. Uh-oh. Ambers. Most of you don't really like ambers in real life dementia, but let me describe amber. Amber is one of the most interesting gems because it actually isn't uh, a found-in-the-ground gem. It's something like sap coming out of a tree and something getting stuck in it and then more sap and then it hardens up a little bit. It's something caught in a moment of time. And that's where these folks are. They're in a moment of time. It's all about sensation. It's all about what does it feel like? What does it look like? What can I do with it? Do I like it? Don't I like it? I'm in a moment. Uh, I don't have caution. I don't have safety awareness. I'm all about if I want it, I want it now. And if I don't like it, I'm not doing it. And so this is often where as a care provider, you, you really struggle because my behavior is so inconsistent with who I used to be. But an amber is an amber. They aren't a diamond or an emerald, and they certainly aren't a sapphire. So this is the point in the disease where you might see me engaging in ways, because I'm still very interested and curious, but I don't know whether it's safe or not. So I may pick up things and do things with them, and it's not okay. I invade your space. I, I take things. I, I mess with stuff. And I may have a low sensory need or a high sensory need for any of the five senses, but I don't have safety awareness and I wear you out because I'm not always good at when and when not to sleep. It's sort of like if I feel like it, I do. Not all the time, but it's important to notice in the moment. Critical to be a sapphire. You struggle to not be a diamond at this point. Oh yes, we can become diamonds. Don't think it's all about dementia, it's about brain change. And in a moment, you can have a diamond moment, you little sapphires. In other words, you get frustrated with what's going on and you have a hard time, particularly with ambers. The next gem, Ruby. Now, Ruby's changing yet again. We're no longer a caution light, we're at the stoplight. And what stops is all fine motor skill. But what do I keep? Big movement and strength. I've got some strength, but I don't have skill. So what you're going to notice in those times, I've lost fine motor in my eyes, in my fingers, in my mouth, and in my feet. So I have trouble figuring things out visually. I have trouble chewing and swallowing sometimes, but for sure, getting speech out. But I still have rhythm 
and I still have music. That's the gift. That's something I can still do because it feels like to you it should be skill, but it's actually sort of automatic. So with rubies, although I lost the fine skill, I still have the big. So my hands now are more gross. I don't manipulate, I hold. And because I keep strength, unfortunately I can grab onto something and if that something is you, I can hurt you. I don't mean to. I like pressure. I like to hold on to stuff. I don't always know how to let go. Hmm. Sometimes you're having that problem too because you're again slipping from here to here <coughs> because you're going from a sapphire to a diamond. If you find those moments, and you will with rubies, because it's so scary, I, I, I can't settle down, I, I can't get started. It's a struggle. You need to take that step back and time yourself out. Take a deep breath, get oxygen to your brain, let go of what was, so you can be that sapphire. Oh, and that's critically important when we get to this last gem, the pearl. Now I selected the pearl for this state because at that moment, think of the outside of an oyster shell. And as you look at that oyster shell, I've got to tell you that is one of the ugliest things you'll ever see in this world and you never think that on the outside of an oyster shell you're gonna find this amazing thing. And at the end of this disease, what this disease does to the human body, it's pretty ugly. It turns on reflexes, it, it shuts down systems, it's making it very difficult. I lose my gross motor, and what I'm ruled by, reflexes. I'm actually stuck, I'm trapped. Ah, but with the right care, the shell relaxes just a little. And in there you find this amazing gem, a pearl, built layer upon layer, and a single grain of sand. This amazing gem, still in there, but often trapped. And sometimes, if you're not careful, you spend way too much energy worrying about the shell, and you miss the most important thing. That's not the gem. With the right care, you get to see the real gem. This amazing person, not who they used to be, but I'm still in there. I'm me, but I'm different. I'm not a ruby, or an amber, or an emerald, or a diamond. I'm not the sapphire I may have once been, but I'm still there, and I'm still me. But I'm different. The question for all of us is can we see the precious and unique? Can we experience the person as this amazing gem of great value, and give them the right setting in the right care, so they can shine. Yeah, yeah, ugh, something. I mean, even when you put it in a positive light, it is so hard to think about. Um, so, do you guys have any questions about these levels? Um, or any, really quickly, we kind of need to move on to 10 absolutes, but I can't, I don't want us to forget about what we just went over. Um, so, I guess, to review real quickly, sapphires are normal aging um, of the brain, so maybe they have a little harder time recalling, and when I say they, I mean we, um, where's my car, you know, we all have those 
sapphire times um, and as as I think it's important to recognize if you are a younger person dealing with parents who do not have dementia you may still get frustrated by sapphires even though that's normal brain aging and it's important to follow things like the 10 absolutes we're going to go over with them as well um, so diamonds so I will tell you that a lot of people are in the diamond stage I think for quite a while um, my I have a family member that I think is a diamond and I see um, and I think it's important to know that you move uh, even though dementia is not reversible true dementia your brain cells are dying but sometimes there are connections sometimes your connections aren't working as well so you'll often see somebody move through these stages the um, the person I'm closest to that's going through this I um, see mostly diamond but I see some emerald so when we are talking about um, they don't know how to do things or use things like they used to um, putting gas in the car so they can drive to the gas station they're still driving as diamonds right but they get to that gas station they, they can't figure out how to put the gas in the car and that's an example that my loved one just went through so um, you'll see little bits and pieces of things you think what in the world why can't, and, and if you're not really familiar with this you would get really angry maybe at that person what do you mean you don't what is wrong with them they can't figure I have to get out and help them right and so but if you're aware of these things it's upsetting maybe but you will probably be a lot more patient and it helps you when you see something like that go okay I have to be, pay a little more attention because there, there's going to be more things like this a complicated activity that they've done their whole life but it's complicated enough where they start having problems my grandmother one day everybody got all excited she went to the grocery store and they said her she called and said the key isn't working for the car I have a wrong key it wasn't the wrong key she couldn't figure out how to start the car so this is something that you'll definitely notice these emerald moments even though they're still diamonds mainly and they're able to do a lot of complex tasks I thought you were going to say she was in the wrong car no <laughs> <laughs> I've done that <laughs> I, I thought a car was mine because you know you'll be there'll be a car exactly like yours Ooh, it's embarrassing <laughs> yes Terry I thought it was especially good that she in going through this anticipating who's going to be watching this and pretty quickly said sometimes we become diamonds and sort of turn it around and make us aware that there's two different minds involved there's a there's an equation of sorts that's right there's two different people involved in each of these interactions and if we're just focused on what's not right with them we lose this perspective of what uh, what's going on with us so this in a very somewhat subtle way she raises that question I'm sure she could talk a lot more about <laughs> yeah this was very quick <laughs> um, she have to have humility as a caregiver don't you um, and I think all the time we don't we often get very upset at that other person and forget that we aren't perfect either and um, a lot of our feelings if we were to watch ourselves back on video camera <laughs> uh, we would be a little embarrassed about how we act and that they we would definitely see some diamond moments in our caregiving 
um, the amber is definitely where you start seeing things like they can still so they still have fine motor as ambers but they we talked about last week how you lose one in four words and that's often in the diamond emerald stage so by now you've lost even more words but you have fine motor these are people she said can be a little dangerous because they get into things so you know they'll uh, this um, this um, thing um, this this thing oh. thing this thing um, what is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one. All right. Sorry, Terry. So they forgot what it is. It's a shoe. You get a lot of the words, but and they're messing. They that frontal lobe that filter's gone. So we're doing things that we wouldn't normally do that could be a little embarrassing, right? Um, so that's definitely an amber. As you move to the ruby, it's more. Okay, it's loss of speech, but you heard the rhythm of speech, right? And the tone. We retain the right temporal lobe, we retain the rhythm for a very long time, and the patterns of speech, but we lose the words, okay? And the fine motor's gone, so you are, you maybe are pick, maybe you're picking things up, but you're not doing detail work. You're not as dangerous as far as some things go. But let's talk about the decreased vision. We talked how we go from binocular, definitely in the ruby stage, you are in monocular vision. You've lost depth perception. You're going to sit down, and you're sitting on the ground. You've lost depth perception. You are, and you're, you know, I really feel very strongly as an OT that you need to remove a lot of the rugs that you, <laughs> people have throw rugs around their house, um, even pretty early on. But definitely, um, people trip a lot as they're going into this ruby stage and they're losing their gross, they have some gross motor skills, but they're struggling with their vision and their motor skills and they can trip very easily and fall. Um, so as you move through these, I don't know if you have any real quick questions, but I um, definitely would like to answer some. One thing I, I heard a lot, I don't think my mother did this. Yeah, she did one time. She was positive somebody stolen her her knife, her uh, house coat. Mm -hmm. And you know, I said, well, it's probably just still in the laundry, or they got mixed up and sent it to somebody else's room or whatever. But you hear that a lot. My grandmother accused one of her daughters of stealing the jewelry, things like that. What stage is that? When does that, why does that happen? Because I, I don't know if you hear that a lot. Absolutely. But I hear it a lot where they start thinking people are stealing from them. I, I mean, there's no doubt it can start as early as the diamond. My, um, <laughs> I want to say it, I'm on video recorder, but I won't say it, but my dad is a diamond. Um, he uh, loses his keys and his wallets all the time as a diamond. And he doesn't straight out, I mean, he has enough wherewithal to say, Veda, did you do anything with it? <laughs> so he, he's trying to blame her. Because he thinks there's nothing really significantly wrong with him. So it must be that someone moved his stuff. So he's struggling with that. But no doubt Emerald is significantly accusing others of stealing their stuff. Um, it's strange to me that they don't think it's lost or, you know, somebody moved it. It's always that somebody stole it. Somebody's 
Because it wasn't them. They didn't misplace it. They're perfectly fine. So someone had to take it. And very often it can be directed toward one specific person. And uh, be careful that one person. So sometimes it's a caregiver. So what you want to do with that person is you want to remove them from the equation immediately. You want to have someone else handle that issue because the thief is definitely going to say they didn't take it. Right? So let someone else not say, you're being ridiculous, they didn't take it. But say, well, let's look. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in your 10 absolutes because that is definitely an issue I need one, hon. Oh. Um, that is, go ahead. When does that, did you say that to me? It starts in even, um, uh, in, I think it really starts more in the emerald stage. Um, you start, um, what happens is your, every part of your brain is affected by dementia, okay? Um, vision, part of your brain is affected by dementia and it's, it's the central part of your sight is very specific and detailed. The periphery, we all know, is a little more vague. It just helps us um, know more specifically about what's going to happen around us. Um, so your brain decides to keep that central vision because it's more important and it starts closing in and you lose periphery and you become um, a lot of your vision is binocular so you can't see below. below above and to the side and eventually progressively it moves to monocular and you lose depth perception so it could start in the state yeah okay. so um, I do, do believe that you know there's a lot of diamonds that can drive but you may have these green tendencies and progression towards you have to be really careful and watching um, what's going on with a lot of the aspects, their um, speed, their vision, their reaction time, a lot of things start to change that you should not be driving. You're talking about that people immediately thinking that someone has stolen something. I, I think what might be part of it is that they, they lose that filter. We might think it, but we wouldn't say it because we don't have food. I think it all the time. Because they, because they've, had, they've lost that inhibition yeah. from, they just say what they mm -hmm. think. They really do and, believe it. And, 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 yeah. They're calling the cops. Yeah. Somebody call the cops. Yeah. Because somebody just took my wallet. That guy over there, he took my wallet. So you remove that person, that caregiver. You have another caregiver intervene and start trying to help them. You don't, do we all know now, hopefully, you do not reality orient, orient anymore. You go, you don't want to lie, straight up lie. They'll catch you in a lie sometimes, so be very careful. And then you can't be trusted. But you want to go along with them on that ride and not call them a dummy or wrong, okay? You become their enemy then. We don't, we need them to like you and believe and trust you. It's very important. So then eventually that other caregiver, once you find the wallet or the purse and handle that situation, then you can bring that other caregiver in and it's best that sometimes they change their look. Don't wear the same color. If they've had their hair down, wear it up. Bring a gift. All right? They're make, they need to make up with that person even though it's ridiculous, right? You can say, well, that's ridiculous. But we have to enter that person's world and be in their reality or we're going to lose in, in their world and not be, have a relationship with them. 
not be able to be a caregiver for them. So let's go quickly into the absolutes. It's a very teeny writing, so I tried to, on the second page, uh, I took those side categories and tried to make them bigger because who can read that? Um, <laughs> uh, we never want to argue with them. We want to agree. Oh, these are just killers. Um, so someone says, obviously, you can probably figure this out, but the you don't want to say, you know your mother's been dead for years. You can't wait for her to eat dinner. Or what do you mean you want to go home? You've lived in this house for 25 years. You are home. All right. Um, that's argument because they've insisted that they don't, they have their mother. They're 90 years old, but they want to eat with their mom. They're going to wait for their mom to eat or that they need to go home. They are not home and they need to go home. What you want to do is go along with their beliefs in a way that's not super deceitful, but you have to recognize what they believe is real to them. You want to say, I haven't seen your mother today. If I see her, I'll tell her you're asking for her. But while we're waiting, let's go ahead and have a bite to eat. Or, you know, they say they want to go home. <laughs> I think it's cute. So do I. <laughs> while we're waiting, let's have a bite to eat together. And um, sometimes it's hard to get people with dementia to eat. A lot of my patients don't want to eat then. They, and in a skilled center, it's very regimented what time you eat. It's not very flexible. And it's best if a facility can be flexible because we are dealing with people that will get hungry but don't want to eat right then or they're having a period of time where they're very more confused and they are trying to get out and get home and the last thing they're going to do is eat. But, um, so you can see here how if you were to say your mother's dead, first of all, <laughs> let's not tell people that their spouses and their parents are dead. Some people, um, it's like they're going through that loss all over again every time you tell them. And so it is, I've seen a lot of people tell someone with dementia that their spouse has died and the person sits there and cries balls because they forgotten and they didn't they didn't remember that and they have to live through it again so um, that's definitely an important thing to remember don't reason but divert all right so you're trying to reason with someone with something they seem to not understand <laughs> they say um, you did not take a bath today even though they have told you I already took a bath <laughs> and you need to take a bath because you have an appointment with a doctor then we're going to lunch with Jane. Then we're going to go get you a new pair of shoes. And why aren't you taking, uh, why, aren't, uh, why are you walking off when I'm talking to you? We have to go here and get your bath and then we have to hurry. <laughs> There's so much stuff in here that's wrong. <laughs> it's super wordy. We already know, let's reduce the amount of words. All right. Um, and that's telling them you have to hurry is basically making them brace up even harder against you, okay? Don't tell them you're in a hurry. I want to read the other part because it really helps see the issue. Um, let's go see, come in here. Okay, I'll let you, uh, let me know, you know, uh, okay, I know, let me help you with that shoe. You're right, just say that, tell them they're right is really important. Um, just slide this off over your arms here, you're right. I think this water's warm enough. You're in charge, just step right in here. Now they're talking about a shower. It's one of the hardest things 
to deal with and eventually you often give up showers because it, it can be very frightening for someone with dementia to take a shower. Um, I've been called into many a facility that they've that I've started working in when I was with senior helpers and they'd say Wendy you're an OT can you help them get a shower they haven't had one in two years. Um, so there's so many strategies you can do but to reason through that activity is a moot point. Okay. You, what, you saw what I did last week, the positive physical approach. You're not even going to necessarily tell them you're going to do a shower, right? Before you take them into the shower, you want to set up the atmosphere to be pleasant. And you want to make it warm, not a cold shower. They can be very sensitive to cold. And you want to make sure that you do it step by step. You're not going to tell them exactly what's going on. And you want to sit them down, maybe in the shower, even with their clothes on, okay? And you can start the water and put it on their feet. Oh, let's not get your pants wet. Let's get these pants off. We're going to get the pants wet. And you can slowly do that. A simple thing as much as uh, cause and reaction as far as getting your clothes wet, they might get, right? But um, you can try um, playing music that they find relaxing in the bathroom and pleasant because music is very helpful and impactful for people because they retain their right temporal lobe which has music in it and it can often help significantly with a stressful situation like eating or showers um, but you want to tell them that they're doing a great job the whole way through any activity that's stressful period anything they do great you want to recognize it and um, you can see how if you don't over inform and I've seen it a lot. Just you, I help them in the shower and help them get their clothes off very carefully. And honestly, if they're um, willing to let you get them wet, and you can get some of their clothes off, but not all their clothes off, it's really not. It, and, and they're not upset while you're getting them wet. What's the big whoop that you got something wet? But we're so used to having. No, no flexibility with how we do things that we can't imagine doing it a little differently. So that's the strategies, you know, so there's some strategies. And TIPA has, I think, a video on just taking showers <laughs> because it's such a significant problem. TIPA Snow, the, we just watched a video from her, uh, T-E-E-P-A Snow, S-N-O-W. Um, don't shame them. This is a big one we do, just, but distract them. Can you, um, how can you accuse John of stealing your things after all he has done for us? <laughs> um, there's, how many times, there's, you can't even count the situations we unintentionally shame people. Um, you, look at you, you're a mess. I've had many caregivers, and I about come unglued, say, you stink, you have to have a shower. You stink to high heaven, okay? And they think they're being helpful by helping them see why they need to have a shower. But it is really, <laughs> I mean, I've heard it a lot. I can't tell you my times I've heard people say, and you know, you're at your wit's end as a caregiver, right? You're coming down to be a diamond at this point, and you're so frustrated. And they, they might stink, and their clothes are a mess, but they can't see that. And we can easily shame them because we're 
frustrated, right? So instead, John is here to help us find your wallet. Let's have a cup of coffee and get started. Or, like I said, you can remove John out of the equation for me and maybe say, Mom, let's, let's look for your wallet. I'll help you look for your wallet and see, before we call the police, let's look for it. Because <laughs> she's wanting to call the police. <laughs> I have had, um, they're not asking to call the police sometimes too. They can still call 911 themselves. And I can't tell you how many patients of mine have called the police. Did I tell you about the guy last week with Louis Body that, that the caregiver came in, did the bathing, dressing, took their dirty linen out. They called the cops and said, someone just assaulted me and took my stuff. The cops came and we were like, yeah, the, uh, there's a diagnosis that causes this delusional belief, true belief. So. Somebody who had a relative who had one of those emergency mm -hmm. things that would call the police. Uh -huh. And she would do it all the time when she lost something. She probably shouldn't have had it. No, yeah. yeah, it's not she helpful at no, that point. She had no idea what she was. You may have mentioned this, but it's in my world a yeah. lot. So, um, you know, just like there's a state law that ma it's mandatory to report suspected child abuse or neglect, there's a Tennessee state law for adults who are vulnerable, and usually people think of it in terms of. Elderly, it's really anybody that's vulnerable, and so when you've got someone who's telling you someone has done something to me that would constitute abuse, physical abuse, mm -hmm. or neglect, then that's going to get attention yeah. from a legal standpoint. You can internally investigate it in skilled nursing centers, you don't have to report it to the police if you investigate it internally and decide there is no warranted, and it's pretty, it's something they are doing having to do all the time. Um, so, um your mom, when she was going through, um, she had a massive heart attack and woke up after being on a bivad for a month, wanted them to call the police all the time. And when she had a black mouth, I think she must have bit her tongue. And she was so sore in her mouth, she didn't, she could barely swallow and she wanted the dentist, her dentist to come suction her mouth out. And George called the dentist because he felt like he should. He couldn't bring himself to say, Sorry, the dentist can't come, Mom. He actually called the dentist, I remember. <laughs> yes, because I was going, just tell her you called the dentist, George. <laughs> but it is, it was such a traumatic time. It was such, because she doesn't have dementia. It was just a, a pseudo-dementia because of what she had been going through. Wanted them to call the cops and call, because they were forcing her to stay alive. I want to die, call the cops. Um, and so it was really a rough time for them. And uh, George doesn't, you know, you don't go, you're not around a lot of people telling you to call their dentist to suction, come in and suction their mouth out in the ICU. Um, and I, I was more like, don't do it, don't do it. But then I knew he ha you had to do it. You know, he had to do it and that's cool. But I mean, we, I'm in a facility, if we called the cops every time someone asked us to call the cops, we'd be calling them constantly all day long because of what, this, what people go through in this. Um, but we do shame people and it's really important to try to not tell them they're filthy or they stink or they acting ridiculous and how could you do this, right? Um, lecture, um, you've gotta, let me read it from the big one, it's too small. You've gotta go back to bed and get some sleep. You have, 
have been up half the night and why on earth did you empty those drawers? Who's supposed to clean up all this mess? I suppose tomorrow you'll want to sleep all day and we won't be able to go to Carol's house and help with the children. I'm just too tired to deal with this so you'll have to get in bed and go to sleep right now. We can't continue like this. No one can live this way. We've both got to get some sleep. And this person is probably an amber. Um, so dementia affects your sleep and sometimes pretty early on but definitely in this amber stage they're, they're napping and they're getting up and they're napping and they're getting up um, see all the wordiness in this as well You're, this is a little lecture and reasoning in, as well and shaming it's all combined in there as far as I can tell um, reassure them I can't sleep either let's go to the bathroom I need something to drink give them a drink Try to lie down, pat the bat. Nope, well how about some cookies and milk? And then you try again, right? Sit beside them and pat the bed. Don't, you know, try to emphasize how comfortable the bed is. You can talk about that. Um, let's just relax, you know, stay until settled or asleep and you can do some things. If you're a caregiver, you can do hand lotion on their hands and massage their hands. And if it's someone you're close to, you'll know what they can stand and tolerate, okay? Um, again, this is not looking at, you're looking, you've got to stop looking at them like they're a sapphire or even a diamond. At this point, they're an emerald or, or an amber or a ruby, right? And their sleep is messed up. And as a caregiver, you're at your wit's end. So it's very hard to look at this in a problem-solving way. But um, this is when I think you really often need help. You have to get sleep, right? Because you can't even function as a you can't even function as a sapphire if you are going through sleep deprivation. You're pushing yourself definitely to a diamond status, but you want to definitely not lecture them. It's not going to work. All right. Um, say remember. This is something we got to get out of our vocabulary as a caregiver with someone who has any bit of dementia and I've said before class started I don't think we should say that to pretty much anybody it's a condescending statement and I'm sure I do it to George all the time <laughs> I need to practice what I preach why don't you remember we had just had this conversation <laughs> I do <laughs> I need to get it out of my vocabulary from for anyone it's it's kind of mean do you remember who this is? Um, what did you have for lunch today? Did Mary visit today? When did Janine come to visit? Now it can be a way of figuring out if someone did dementia. If you know that they lose their temporal left temporal lobe and they lose their language and they retain their right temporal lobe, which is chit-chat speech, and if you guys know this, this is going to help you understand what's going on. If you ask your mom what she had for breakfast and she goes, oh, you know what I always have. And, well, what did you do today? Oh, you know, just hung out, did, just, uh, did some stuff. Um, you're going to start as the care primary caregiver saying, this isn't, she can't tell me anything. But as the doctor who's with them for a few minutes or with the, care the family that's out of town, they're going to fool people a lot. But you're going to notice these things that start happening. But um, the point of this is to stop, you know, at some point you've got to get that remember out of your vocabulary and stop making them, if you know they have issues and they're in diamond and emerald or moving through the stages, you need to, to recognize that you don't want to say that anymore because it's frustrating. It's embarrassing. Yeah. They're embarrassed. They know they should remember. 
and they're, they're very embarrassed that they don't. So I've seen many people come up to them and go, hey Aunt Sue, you remember me? What's my name? You know me. <laughs>